0: Welcome to the Town Talk Sports El Paso, Texas High School Football Roundtable. I'm Alex Nicolás, along with my weekly broadcast partner and podcast partner, Coach Tony Grijalva. Coach, how's it going?
1: That's going well for a Monday. Not bad. Not
0: bad for a Monday, not yeah. bad for week two in the books. Headed into week three, lots of storylines to talk about. Let's get started here in the Texas High School Football Roundtable, brought to you by Speaking Rock Entertainment Center. Coach, first on our list of things to talk about, the the game everybody's really been talking about since the drama ensued, the Eastwood-Plano game. And and just like we talked about a couple weeks ago, I mean, just what a showing of solidarity from the beginning to the end, to the pregame, to Jerry Jones being there—I mean, just what a special yeah. event for Julio Lopez and that program, and also the Plano kids to being able to experience that and, and really embrace our kids—and it was really a special moment. We'll talk about the football side later, right? But I mean, just overall, just a really special moment there. Well,
1: well, it really was. Usually, it—you uh, know—we think about uh, Eastwood because of the because of the uh, the travel and everything. But uh, as you mentioned, you're right. You know, uh, the Plano sideline, the Plano crowd, as well as the uh, the players from Pl- Plano. It was just all, you know, you could tell that there was, you know, th- there was something in the air about, you know, just that, that feeling that, that you can just sense.
0: And, and watching that replay that they had, it, we've been to, I mean, numerous playoff games, you know, not even just yeah. doing the town talk, but it just it had that feeling. It did It had that playoff yes. feeling It had yes. that electric atmosphere And it started from Walking into To, to the star And having Jerry Jones You know exactly. th- Greet you I mean how You've dealt with, with, with Kids that age for years I mean What does that do For kids that I mean Not only Not only dealing with The tragedy in El Paso But you know Let's not forget You know Rest in peace to Eddie Cruz yes, You sir. know what I mean and, yeah, and, that, and that was a That was a tough thing For them to go to But how much of that Is going to help these kids Not only rebound Personally But you know For the season
1: yeah, well, not just for the season, probably for the rest of their lives. Yeah, to be I honest agree with you. But uh, uh, you know, it, it is—it's an experience that uh, very few uh, individuals from here in El Paso can actually say they've—they've they've experienced and, they, and they've gone through. Uh, you know. I remember back when we, we got to play at the old Texas stadium and, you know, we were not on the turf for the first time. And, you know, I mean, the kids, they were, they were, you could just tell, you could see it. You know, they were like little kids. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, in this situation, obviously, it's a little bit different. But nonetheless, it's still that experience that uh, they won't soon forget. They really won't.
0: And yeah, like I said, condolences to the whole Eastwood family. I mean, losing yes, a kid like Eddie Cruz, we go back and, and looking at what he did last year, kind of burst onto the scene, maybe out of nowhere in a mm-hmm. sense, but I mean, no, definitely a guy that always talented. And he just, he's just he been one of those the, the typical Eastwood receivers, yes. fast, quick, get open, make plays downfield. And then he had a really good college career on deck at, at Western New Mexico that was coming up. So, you know, definitely condolences to them yes. and the Eastwood family. That was definitely something to play through. But they went out there and they played hard, Coach. They but were down 23-7. And we saw that score. Obviously, we were doing a game at the same time, but then right. we saw Eastwood score 13 points, in unanswered points, 23 to 20. They ran 89 plays, 25 first downs. What killed them was the penalties. Yes. But. We were kind of worried about Eastlake going into this game. They got shut out against Americas. That's why we were worried about it. But it seemed like Eastwood may have figured something out.
1: No, they they definitely did figure something out. And you know, to be able to, you know, you got to talk about the, the the prep. That's the way I look at it. The prep for Coach Lopez and and his uh, and his group and his coaches. You know, that week before, two days is what what they maybe had. a day and a half. <laughs> I was thinking, and, and uh, you know, and then that long bus ride up there. And, uh, you know, but I'm sure it was something that everybody had to look forward to. But a lot of credit goes to the coaching staff and to the players. I mean, they they went on that field knowing that uh, they they could beat Plano. And that was their attitude.
0: Chris Castaneda, had a big game, 257 yards through the air, two touchdowns, 168 on the ground, and two touchdowns. The big key that we were looking at week one of East is Eastwood is who's going to step up from the receiving core. Right. Obviously, you lost Eddie Cruz to graduation. They had another 900-yard receiver. Cruz also went for 900 yards last year. Angel Santos, or excuse me, not Angel Santos, AJ Delgado. We saw him sort of make plays here and there in that America's game, six catches for 82 yards. But to see them spread the ball around, I see here six different receivers caught balls two had over six catches that's usually the eastwood football that we're that oh, yes. we're getting used to and, but on the defensive side i thought it was real impressive to see obviously eastwood's going to have trouble stopping the run but they did a they, they were they struggled against the pass mm-hmm. Plano's basically a run play a run first team right but eastwood did a real good job i thought just there's tons of adjustments seem that are being made on that defensive side as well it
1: it, it was obviously that uh, uh that's what happened, uh, especially early on in the game. Yes. You know, and, and they got behind, but, you know, they, they didn't – then they never quit. They never let up. They made their adjustments the, the way the way that they needed to defensively. And after a while, you know, Plano, Plano was having a tough time running the ball.
0: Eastwood 0-2 on the year, and that part lays into our next topic. District 1-5A, Division 1, everybody's 0-2 in that district. And, Coach, it's easy to look at it and laugh. But, I mean, when you really break this down, I mean – these Everybody on this district has played somebody that's going to be in the playoffs or is going to be a little bit higher. So it, it's more of, yes, we can look at it as, oh, well, how bad is that district? But at the same time, these coaches are – this district, the way that it's kind of set up in, in, in the six-team district in a sense where you need five non-conference Non-coaches. games, you're going to schedule up. You are you, Not only you are going to schedule up, but you're forced to play these out-of-town teams, which a lot of these schools are doing, Del Eastwood, and, and mm-hmm. that's kind of a product of the 0-2 marked going down the first place to sixth place
1: well that's true and you no, know, most coaches I, I would assume you know you you want to be able to schedule the best opponent mm. it just so happened at this point that you know everyone in that district is owned to you know as coaches you know you, you we probably don't we wouldn't worry about it that much you know it, it's a matter of of uh, getting prepared for the next game and you know uh, make those types of improvements i'm sure that once they get into that first district game they're going to look back on on these games here and say, you know, this is what helped us.
0: And we've seen three of these teams out of the six. We're going to see the fourth one this Thursday against Eastlake, or we're going to see Thursday in Eastlake all of these teams seem to have a strength, whether it's offense, whether it's defense, there's not that complete team yet that has proven, obviously, you know, it's still got a couple of weeks to go, but it's going to be craziness in this district. I think yeah. it's going to literally come down to the last second. When we talk about district play starting in two or three weeks for this district.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, right now you're looking at, you know, they played first week. Uh, most of them played, had a tough uh, opponent, uh, second week, tough opponent. When they get to the first week of the playoffs, I mean, excuse me, of the district, it's going to be a tough opponent. So, you know. The, the, there are there are no easy parts of the schedule. And I think that's what in the long run, that's what makes the team uh, that much uh, better towards the end of district.
0: Eastwood, obviously we feel like they've gotten it together in a sense particular day and night performance from week one to week two. Um, we know that Delvice defense, we've seen Delvice yeah. defense twice and they've really hang in there, hung in there. They're starting to figure things out on offense. They played a t- really, really good team from California last week. Chapin though is that team that I really feel is going to benefit from district play. We right. saw them against Andrus. They're one or two plays away from not only turning it around offensively, but building some confidence. And for the young team like Chapin, that's your biggest your biggest theme, coach. Confidence, confidence, confidence. And exactly. if Chapin can find it over the next couple of weeks, that's a dangerous team in that district.
1: Well, it's, uh, They certainly are. I mean, just, you could you could tell last week against Andrus, you know, as the first quarter wore off, and then the second quarter, and, and they go in a halftime down 7-0 to a very good Andrus team. And you could tell, you know, that 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 confidence just soared, and and they'll continue to do that. They'll continue to improve, and as you mentioned, they are a young team, and it also takes a little bit of that experience to know what to do in certain situations to get better, and I think, like, like you said, I think that's where Chapin's going.
0: Another team in this district that seems to have a major strength and and really gave a scare to Coronado last week, the El Dorado Aztecs. They have a really, really good offense. Defensively, lots of questions. And I think Coach Stella has identified that in the preseason. We're talking with interviews saying, you know, we have a really good offensive team. Our work is on defense. But each night in this district, if you have a team like like Eldorado, an experienced quarterback, and Chris Bosteos, not only that, but, but an athletic quarterback that can make plays with his arm and his legs, yes. that's a really dangerous team. And I think Eldorado, under year two of, of Coach Delas, I think we see in the same mold of Chapin, mm-hmm. a team that I wouldn't want to play week two, week three in district
1: though that's very true and the the one thing that impressed me uh last week from El Dorado and watching their film uh as you mentioned is that quarterback and he's you know he's a dual threat quarterback and and defenses don't like to face that type that type of pressure because uh you know they have to be able to cover you know you can't just plan for one you have to be able to plan for both of them and 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 I think with with El Dorado once they get the uh, the younger experienced wide receivers and running back you know back on the same page then as you said they will be tough
0: Another team that I, I don't want to sleep on just yet. I think this is a prove it game, a prove me game this week against El Paso, the Bel Air Highlanders. Yeah. We've seen them put up thirty points last week against Ganothio Adrian Parsons. We know how talented he is. Obviously, you're putting in a new system. You're starting to see some numbers getting put up there. Yeah. You know that's another team. You know it just it just really does seem like one through six over the next couple of weeks. You feel there's going to be those one or two contenders. Mm-hmm. But I, I legitimately think coach at all six of these teams and. and I was thinking about this the other day for, for future tiebreaker purposes, right. every district game I'm writing down who beats who, because uh-huh. that's going to matter. Oh, and man. a team like Bel Air, that is going to be important because if they knock off an Eastwood or if they knock off an Eldorado, they get that one up on whoever it is. So exactly. every game. And, and so talk about that in those type of districts as a coach, it's, it's just nerve wracking. It kind of oh, really is because I, any game, any week, anything can happen.
1: Uh, well, it certainly can. You know, when you talk, you can talk to any coach right now they'll, they'll tell you, you know, you try and ask them, well, what happened last Friday? They don't know what happened last Friday, exactly, because you know, our mind is going to be on, on the next opponent. And you you have a, a a team with the potential of Bel Air, you know, and, and especially you know starting off at the spoiler role, you know, so say they upset someone early in the district. Well, that's just going to give them more confidence, and then you know pretty soon they may get to the point where it's not that they're spoilers anymore. Now they're contenders. For for one of those playoff spots,
0: definitely one of the more interesting districts that we're going to see as the season goes along. District 1, 5A, Region 1. Definitely would love to see a win out of that district this week. I know a lot of the coaches will. So coming up this week, Eastlake at Burgess. That's where me and Coach will be at Thursday night. That's a key game for both of those teams early on in the season. Andrus at El Dorado. That's actually El Dorado's homecoming. I was cruising around El Dorado today, and I saw some mums. So that's how I got that was homecoming. (laughs) Eastwood at Horizon is on Friday night. Del Valle at Huddle. That's a tough one Friday. And it was the same theme like we talked about. All I mean, Tough, tough, tough Don district schedule for District 1, 5A, Division 1. So moving on here to the big boys of 6A and, and the two teams that just continue to impress Coach oh, no. Franklin and Americas. You know, it, it's one thing to go in, in, in into mojo land. It's one thing to go in there and beat them. But Danny Walther went in there. He threw for almost 300 yards. He threw three touchdowns, and he, had, he ran for two. I mean, this <laughs> is it, it, a really— Dumb question, but how good is this Franklin team coach?
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, You know what? What they what they've shown uh, has not been a fluke. You know they they are for real. Uh, Both them and Americas. We saw Americas week week one, and uh, you know what they did to Midland Christian. Also, you know these these two teams to me, you know obviously have the the highest level of talent. And right now, so so early in the season, you know their their production is high, and uh, as, as you know, after that, their confidence is high. I, I I just hope somewhere along the line they they don't stumble. Let's you know, as a coach, that's what you worry about the most. You know, you you uh, you start you have a big start two and zero, and now you start worrying more about you know who's coming next week, who's coming up next week. You know, it makes it a little bit tougher that way.
0: How about Gabe Stonewall getting? himself involved in the offense seven catches 93 yards along with walter michael hack a guy that we saw really in the camp circuit and then you look at at their running game you know week one they bust out pablo gutierrez he goes for 181 yards and then you know I, i was assuming there's an injury or something going on with Gutierrez we try to find that out he didn't play last week but you plug and play Ethan Bustillos and he runs sure. for 75 yards moves the medal for you I mean th- this, there's so much depth on that offensive side and not only that you know what's kind of I think being overshadowed early on for Franklin is the defense Yes, you know David Powers obviously is the all-world guy but you're talking about the defensive backfield you know Anabi's returning he's mm-hmm. like another guy that we've seen in the camp circuit yep. they lost Jalen Worthen, that was an all-district player for them right. last year mm-hmm. how are they doing this on the defensive side, holding and this has probably been a first in the past few years where Permian didn't have an 100 yard rusher against yeah, against an El Paso exactly. team, and then you hold Cleveland and, and they're all world rusher. And check, I mean, where's the strength of this Franklin defense from what you're seeing?
1: Well, I, I think it all starts with leadership. Uh, you know, you have a guy like like uh, Powers who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, started as a sophomore. Yeah so so he's been and this is his third year and you know uh, everyone else follows in his footsteps you know he is the leader uh, as what Walter is with uh, with the offense and I think when you have a group of individuals like this that that step up and want to lead you know it, it, it just it just makes that confidence just grow even more
0: looking at Franklin they have Midland this week that's another a game that you know you, you look at it a couple of weeks ago you think how Franklin wins that game but you know Midland gave Pebble Hills all they yes, can handle is. at home. You know, looking at that Franklin game, that's another kind of statement game for them, particularly getting back-to-back wins against two 6A opponents, which obviously is is the
1: by district ground opponent for El Paso teams. Uh, that, would, that would be big as far as, uh, uh, again, being able to understand, you know, uh, not just the confidence that they're getting, but you know also the experience that they're going to face, as you mentioned, once they get into the playoffs, because that is going to be that their first round opponent.
0: And you're look, looking at this defense. You got guys like David Powers, Will Garcia, both linebackers in the middle, continuing just to make this thing flow ever since last year, and, and it's a real impressive. Start for Franklin, but America's has some ammo too. Oh yeah, they have plenty of ammo and. and you know this was a team that last year played Midland Christian only scored 3 points against them yeah. definitely a, a disappointing game for them you know Aaron Duma still got his yards but i think he really figured out you know well this high school thing is going to be tough because that was a physical team this year it was all him it seemed like yes. last week 220 yards four touchdowns but Mike Noel 9 of 15 152 yards he he just does everything right coach yes. and, and on yes. the road and it's really his first start on the road uh Pretty impressive to say the right. least there for, for, for the American Trailblazers.
1: And and I think, uh, you know, you look at the America's team coming up uh, at the beginning of the year and, uh, you know, that was a question mark. Quarterback, you know, what's going to happen to the quarterback position? You know, w- we know we have they have that they have all this experience coming back. They have Dumas. You know who's not all-world running back. Uh, all, you have, all you have to do is plug in and find a quarterback. Well, I think after two games, I think they found their quarterback.
0: And then they also found three really good targets in the yes. passing game. Ryan Acosta, who seems like he's been on varsity forever, <laughs> <laughs> making plays on varsity yep. forever, not just uh-huh. a body out there. Uh-huh. And then you got Sir Drennan, a guy that that's kind of – I mean, America isn't going to run a slot receiver, but if you put him in a spread, that's your slot receiver yes. guy. He knows how to get open, great hands. Yep. And then Evan Chislam, your downfield playmaker. So you have Ryan Acosta, you have your experience. Guy, you have your gadget, and he can be even be a gadget guy as yep. well. That you can move around. Same thing with Sir Drennan. Then you have your deep, your deep threat. I mean, pick your poison, and, and exactly. it's, it's just seeing er, seeing early on in the season for this to be developed. I mean, that's credit to that coaching staff and Patrick Melton for getting these guys ready. Because not only are they focused and playing well, but the confidence level we talk about a lot.
1: Right. And, and it's it's all about for the coaching staff. It's all about understanding, you know, uh, what they need to do each week, you know, uh, putting in the game plan and, uh, you know, what they're going to concentrate on. Obviously, the first week against Eastwood, you know, they, they want they wanted uh, uh, Noel to to go ahead and get that experience, throw the ball a little bit, which they did. Uh, Aaron Dumas didn't really uh, have a big game in, by his standards. Yeah, you know, and then and then you come to the second week against against Midland Christian, and you know they they wanted to ride Aaron Dumas. That's what that's what it seemed like they wanted to do. You know, run the ball, uh, play the clock game, and uh, take control, and that's what they did.
0: The most scariest thing about this America's team is that pass rush, though. Last oh, week, uh, eight yeah. sacks <laughs> against Eastwood, or week one. Excuse me, let's reverse that. For week one against Eastwood, nine sacks. So there's a lot of sacks to talk about here. That's what I, that's what I gotta <laughs> retrack here. Nine eight sacks the first week against against uh against Eastwood. Nine sacks last week, coach. Three different players had a pair of sacks Sebastian Guzman, Chris Robles, Sean Donnelly. The guy that had six sacks in week one only had one. That's, that's below average for season <laughs> average so far. double teamed him. <laughs> yeah, right. I would think so if you're watching yep. that, watching what he did right. in the first 12 minutes of uh, week one. But I mean, that right there for the high school level coach, that, that's really unheard of, particularly early on in the season. Usually your defense, it's, it's kind of weird because in college, the defense is ahead of the offense. You know, usually it's the I always think it's the opposite in football, at least early on. Yeah. But this defense is just playing lights out. Nine sacks, 17 sacks in two weeks. That's just ridiculous.
1: Well, and, you know, in, in going back over the uh, uh, the Eastwood game, and, you know, we talked about the, the front seven. But, you know, I, I kept saying I was really impressed with the secondary. You know, that secondary, they, they know they know how to cover. You know, they, they cover, they stay on their man, and of course that's going to influence, you know, the the pressure that those front seven put on put on the quarterback. If the quarterback can't find anyone to throw the ball to, then you know, he's gonna have to do something with that football.
0: And Evan Chisholm had an interception. Nathan Alvarado picked off his third pass of the season. He had two in week one, one went back to the house. So, you know, that part lays into yeah. what we're talking about. And not only that, I mean you have your both basically your three linebackers in the middle, Peter Velarde, Chris Robles, and Christian Martinez. Martinez had ten tackles. Robles had eleven. Valarde had twelve. And, and and you can argue that well, Midland Christian is ushering in three quarterbacks. But you know, if Midland Christian's ushering three quarterbacks, and you have a good defense, what America's did on defense is going to happen. It shouldn't be a surprise.
1: No, no, it, it shouldn't be a surprise. And uh, you know, it's and it's just the uh, uh, the the way the style that that America's plays defense. And you you add that with the uh, uh, the youthfulness because they are still young. But they are young, but they're getting that experience. And you can tell each week, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if this trend with the sacks continues, you know, on through the season.
0: And I think that's going to be, maybe their biggest strength in district play I mean you know when you get back in town and there's a lot of familiarity mm-hmm. you know you know what they're going to run you know what they're going to do you know you've been preparing for them for however long you've been around but sometimes when you just have that talent or you yes. have that niche doesn't matter what adjustment you make exactly. yeah you could run a screen behind it but it's going to catch up to you yes. and I think that's America that's going to be America's big strength is that secondary is going to be a lot of coverage sacks but yeah. then there's also going to be guys pinning their ears back and just getting back to the quarterback
1: exactly and and what's that going to that what that's going to create for for the other teams and the other coaches in in 6a is how are you going to prepare are you going to prepare to uh uh, to stop the rush and the sacks or are you going to prepare to actually try and move the ball because you know there's two there's that's two different ways of of uh, uh coming up with a game plan in order to try and be successful against a very good america's trailblazers team so from a coaching
0: standpoint and you've start you've gotten off to hot hot starts in your career what is the key to helping this both of these teams, in a sense, not peak too early, right. keep themselves right. humble, and still continue to find strengths as you go along the season? How, what is the big key as a, from a coaching staff to keep that mindset?
1: Yeah, they've, they've got to stay grounded, and and that's up to the coaching staff to be able to do that. Uh, you know, I mean, it's always good to praise when they do something good, but uh, uh, in the, to me, in this type of situation, you know, it, it all it's all going to start at practice. And, and that is you've got to make corrections of practice. You can't say, okay, well, we'll we'll they'll do it better next the next rep. you know I, If you start with that and continue to to uh, uh, pressure uh, these young men into thinking, you know, I mean you' you're still you're not perfect yet. You know, we're still going to make mistakes and we still have to correct those mistakes because one of these days, those mis- mistakes may cost us a ball game.
0: And it's still a long season indeed oh, America's yeah. at Onyate next week Let's uh, be real That should be an easy win for them mm-hmm. But then next week The next uh, week Tascosa comes fight, in yeah. And Tascosa They lost to Lubbock Coronado No not Lubbock Coronado They lost to a fight Lubbock Monterey. Monterey Lubbock Monterey got, Which is surprising victory. I know they lost a lot of talent But still Tascosa runs that triple option That's a physical team yes. Coming in Franklin will have Midland next, uh, This coming week So keep an eye out for that I believe they have Chapin after that yes. They haven't played Chapin, Chapin already Chapin. So mm-hmm. Midland and Chapin and for Franklin, so keep an eye on those 2 teams. Those are some teams that we could really see have no issues with Permian Basin teams in, in the by district ground and then having to face the Dallas area team, but we'll get to that later in the right. season, but just kind of looking ahead, you know, it, it, it just makes a good statement when an El Paso team can go out there to Permian Basin and just handle business like both of these teams have.
1: Oh, well, it definitely does. That's It's really important. You know, not not so much uh, maybe for, for those of us that are concentrating on the district here in El Paso, but uh, I guarantee you for for the the schools in West Texas and the Permian Basin and, and the schools in the Arlington Del, uh, Dallas area you know they, they're becoming aware of, of the potential that these teams have
0: And these are not squeak it out scores in no. a sense um, you know Franklin was up most of the time on on uh, on Permian and then right. you go back to week one and they handled the Cleveland storm pretty well so a good start for them. Good start for uh, Darren Walker and Patrick Melton there. to so of the most longest tenured head coaches in that yeah, district there. So yeah, you're starting to right. see their medal pop out there as well. So let's take a look at this week's Town Talk Sports El Paso Super 8 poll. Franklin and America's picker poison one, one right. and two, America's Franklin. I went Franklin 1. I think at this point, Franklin, you know, to me, the way I look at it, district champion from last year, right. all the town in the world, there's no doubt. How, where did you go 1 and 2?
1: I, I went Franklin 1 also. Franklin 1 America's 2. But, you know, the, they're, they're very interchangeable. Yeah.
0: I mean, at this point, you can really flip a coin to see who's the better team as my boy Hopkins scores another touchdown for me on fantasy football. coaches I kind of like that when He's going against D-Hop. But anyways, back to the high school football seed. Number 3, uh, the, the Pebble Hills – Spartans, two first-place votes. It seemed that this was the same position that they were in last week. So it seemed like most of our voters felt, well, you know, that's a tough loss against, against a Midland team that they were pretty much in. Right. A two-point conversion pretty much was the difference in mm-hmm. that one, about 40 seconds to go. So Pebble Hills, I feel that they're where they should be. But Sebastian Ochoa and that offense, I mean, that is something that I'm excited to see. He had almost 340 yards passing. Then Isaiah Davis is a legit downfield exactly. threat. They got things to figure out offensively, uh, defensively. Yeah. But I mean, offensively, that looks like that's a, a budding machine coming up in the district there.
1: Well, they have all the potential in the world offensively, and uh, you know we saw them back in the spring, even with the spring game. You know we could see that they had uh, they had individuals that you know they could plug into different uh, to different positions, and, and I'm sure they're going to continue this. You know if they have if they do have a downfall that they'll have to correct before they can get into district, it's going to be their defense.
0: Andres comes in as our number four team, two and 0 oh so far this year. Their defense has been the major strength on really just in the, on those first two games so I'll have a chance to flex that against Eldorado next or this Thursday but the game I'm really looking forward to is the week after when they play friendship in yeah. Carlsbad I believe or somewhere in New Mexico it's not up the top of my head sorry if I messed that up I don't think it's in Carlsbad but that's who Coronado <laughs> plays that's where I'm thinking right. Carlsbad from but nonetheless Andres with a strong start defensively we knew their defense was going to be a strength coach it might be a bigger strength maybe than we thought at yes. least in town the, always the question for Andres is okay what are you going to do in the playoffs but as far as running the district, I mean, really Burgess is, might be their only challenge, at least for right now in the first two games of the season.
1: Yeah, right, right now the way it looks, as you mentioned, it, it's that defense. That defense is going to carry They're going to go as far as that defense will carry them, and th- that's just the way. That's just the way it's going to be because they're, you know, again, they're experienced, uh, you know. I was, I was impressed the way they ran to the ball. Mm. I mean, they're quick to the ball. Uh, they make sure tackles. Very, very few missed tackles. Uh, they're, they're very disciplined on defense. Offensively, you know, sometimes they, they may have a little bit of a problem there. And when you, when you start facing teams that have a good defense, then, you know, that becomes a challenge
0: definitely some speed in the backfield and some talent oh, yes. in that backfield, but offensively, like you said, they got to kind of figure it out. What kind of threw me off early in that game is that they had that interception, right, or the turnover right inside the five-yard line, and then they're inside the four. You got a 275-pound back, yep. nine-inch splits, <laughs> and they go sweep, so definitely some adjustments are definitely going to have right. to be made, but the Eagles looking really strong. Number five coming in, the Parkland Matadors still getting first place. I love this. is our number one team most of the year last year. They've had two tough games coming. It's over open up the season, and they were t- took really to the brink in both of them. But I thought it was interesting how they were able to pull that game off. They were up at one point there. I know they were up 24 to something yes. on Austin. They only ran 36 plays. Austin played keep away. But f- for to see Parkland and Gabe Herrera, it- it's the experience of Gabe Herrera. Sure. It- just the moxie that he has that right now has Parkland 2-0.
1: Yeah, well, and and don't forget uh, they ha- they have some pretty good receivers. Yes, yeah, they do. So uh, you know, with the experience of Gabe Herrera, and, and he knows you know he knows where uh, when he needs to throw the ball, and he's not afraid to run the ball either. So that that's going to add that's going to put added pressure on the defense. So you know, it, it's going to make tough. It's going to make it tough for the uh, you know, for defenses that, to try and uh, defense the, the whole field. Because that's that's what they do,
0: and I think there, over the next couple of weeks we'll maybe see their defense gain some confidence. I think oh, that's yeah. a big thing for them yeah. right now. More than anything, it's not so much scheme or their players. We know they have talent. Javion Longo is a great defensive end. Uh, mm-hmm. Quintero, the cornerback, another talented guy that's experienced there. I think just playing the confidence. You know, they yes. played a really good Burgess team in game one. Uh, you know, that put up forty points on them, and then you play a different type of style of offense. And Austin, where they limited Will Hernandez had one hundred sixty-eight yards rushing, but at the same time, you know, you got to have that one game where you. Mm-hmm dominate somebody and I think this Jefferson game is kind of what the Parkland defense needs um, you know offensively obviously they're going to put up points every yeah. game it, no matter who it is unless you're Austin and you can run the ball however times they did to <laughs> hold you 36 points but yeah, I think that defense gains main, main conf, uh, major confidence this week at home Conotillo kind of flying under the radar in yeah. a sense coach 2-0 yeah. but Carlos Amado right now he is wow. the in-house leader for yeah. the Town Talk Sports El Paso MVP I'm just going to put that out there the kid yeah. has been Talent, is not talented. He's just been a monster so far
1: this year. Well, he certainly has, and you know, he's just uh, picking up where he left off last year. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know? and and I, I think his his strength uh, is his speed. That's that's pretty obvious. But I think right now, you know, Kennedy, you, you look at their offensive line; they're not small. Uh, so they, uh, you know, they, they put. They have good block, a good blocking scheme. And Carlos Amato, all he needs is just a little seam to get up the field. And, and I think that's his strength. And then you, you look at his kickoff returns and his punt returns. He's just, you know, he, he's doing everything for Kennedy right now.
0: And that's the big difference maker w- with him. And, and you even look at guys like Michael Blanco, mm-hmm. you know, those type of guys. Even going back in the day, rest in peace, Jamil Hobson, man, we were at Andrus, <laughs> and a guy that could do it all in the pass game. But then, okay, you know, you put him back there at a punt return. That's a walking touchdown if he gets <laughs> a crease. You know what I mean? Not only that, but... Mm-hmm. The, 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 those guys are talented enough right? they don't need a crease they can make you look foolish on your own yes. but the big thing for me with Conal is seeing their defense of how well they've also played yeah they gave up 30 points last week against Bel Air but Josiah Holloway looks the part of, oh, of, of an guess. FBS defender at the defensive end Mark I think he had three tackles and an interception last week or three sacks and interception they returned both of those linebackers that were talented for them and, and obviously all district type guys and they always have speed in the secondary we get to see Conal against a real interesting matchup with Mountain View, but defensively, I think that is where Conal Theal come district play. A lot of teams are going to be surprised at how good their defense could be.
1: Oh, they certainly are, and uh, hopefully they, that that uh, they won't sneak up on any, on anybody. But you know, Conal Theal, Coach Scott Brooks, you know, he's always been you know he runs the spread and he runs the ball. That's. What he does, yeah, and then defensively, he always has tough defense. That you know, that's uh, that's his philosophy. That that's the way he runs. That's the way he runs his team. And when when he puts those the type of athletes that he has, they're not they're not big in the secondary. And and really, that's what worries you when you look at uh, uh, look at size and the roster for for uh, You know, they they run to the ball. They are they're very aggressive, but just just the size. When you know when when you have corners that are you know five eight. Uh, and yet, you have to play against receivers that are six two, six four. Parkland, uh, yeah. Here and then, and then you go to this to the. To the second round of the playoffs, and you see the same thing, you know, uh, you know that's tough. But right now, you know, I don't think Coach Brooks is worried about that. I think right now he's worried about this week and then what, what goes on in in his district
0: and the big game in two weeks against Del Valle. That's going to be a really really good game at home, like old district rivalry game in a sense. There in a yeah. couple of weeks, but yeah. kind of, Theo first has Mountain View on the road on Friday. Me and Coach will be there to call that one. The number seven team in our Town Talk Sports El Paso Super Eight poll, the Austin Panthers, one and one on the season. Another team that's Played two really tough games so far this year, and you know, able to pull that out. And they're finding different ways to move yes. the football. Coach. That's what's interesting with this Austin team.
1: Yeah, well, it certainly is that, and, and you know, Coach Richard and his and his staff. I mean, they do a great job with the, with the scheming part of it. Uh, as you mentioned, Parkland had what thirty six total offensive plays. You know, that's that that wasn't by chance no that's exactly the way that that the game plan for Austin uh, w- was planned and that is to to put the ball on the ground as m- move the ball on the ground as much as, p- as possible and then do some play action get in the end zone and you know really the, they were behind uh, I think 24 to 7 something yeah. like that and and they came back and you know they they, they sort of gave uh, parkland a the scare there in the fourth quarter
0: they are at Socorro this week that's an interesting game I think that's going to be a real yeah. physical game I, I I almost picked Socorro to beat Horizon last week and they almost did, they did. Took, yeah. uh, took uh took uh horizon down to the wire I think this game can be similarly close I think Austin you know we see in week one the Isaiah watchodder kid 300 plus yards right. rushing and then you got will Hernandez, who he can always go for a hundred yards so and then when we saw in the scrimmage against Horizon is that they were trying to throw the ball a little bit in a certain situation so this is going to be an interesting game to see how Austin puts it together we've seen two games where they've you know been able to put up a decent amount of of yards on their opponents so this will be a very interesting week for the Austin Panthers our final team in the Town Talk Sports El Paso Super 8 the Burgess Mustangs and Burgess coach they have, seems like they have a three headed beast in the running back with the quarterback, A.J. Johnson. You got Robert Hall, who you already know is good. And right. then Tavares Jones, who's those guys. It's just with Coach Rutledge, he seems like he has a lot of options in the running game. Now, it does, it, it sucks because they lost Jaime Escobar, you know, the, the right. starting left tackle, oh, yeah. you know, going out uh, with, with the leg injury, speedy recovery to him. Hope yes. to see him just succeed at UTEP when, for his college career. But, you know, this Burgess team has a lot of talent in the backfield. Defensively, too, they seem like they're getting it done. Uh, held Riverside to just seven points last week. Obviously, a different beast in Parkland, you know, with that sure. Parkland offense. Sure. But this week against Eastlake, I think this tells us a lot about this Burgess team, coach, even before district play comes up when, they, when they're when they facing the Eastlake Falcons Thursday at their place.
1: Yeah, and I think it's going to be an interesting game. You know, you've got two teams that are uh – one that's run oriented one that likes to throw the ball all over the field and it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting matchup to see uh, you know where which team is successful but you know coach Rutledge as long as he's been there at Burgess you know he's always had these types of teams where uh, you know the thing that I like about him is he adjusts his offense to his personnel and and I think that uh, that, that helps uh, not just the individual personnel, but but it helps them as a team. And then defensively, you know, they're always tough. Sometimes they they may lack a little bit as far as athletic athletic ability, but you know, just playing together and and the way the way that they're coached, you know, it it makes that a successful program.
0: So Burgess and Eastlake Thursday night, six thirty p.m. That kind of moves us into our next topic, previewing week three of the Texas high school football season, like coach said, it will be an interesting matchup between Eastlake and Burgess, two teams that can really put up points and, and two teams that are trying to figure things out on the defensive side, really think Eastlake's the team that's going to come in there hungry, uh, you know, losing last week against Montwood. I mean, that's wow. gotta be something, you know, the way that they played, I mean, they had two receivers go for over hundred yards, Blas Compian returned a, kick, a punt in that game. He's becoming one of the best players in the city. As I mean, a if junior. If, if, if as a junior, exactly. <laughs> yeah. After last year, he had five picks as a sophomore, Right, you know, uh, this team, this East Lake team, under Coach Ruben Rodriguez, that's a hungry club yes. this Thursday. And I think even though they're zero two, you know, they may be down, they may be out, but I think that hunger once the Thursday night lights flip on, that could be the difference in this game for East Lake.
1: Well, I think one of the things that uh, uh, that w- that you have to look at is just the chemistry between a new head coach and the in- the uh, individuals that are coming back from the past year. You know, I mean. All of us as coaches, you know, we do things differently. We really do. And even though, you know, the core is there, you know, you still, you still have to look at that chemistry between uh, the, the new coaching staff, because some of them are new, and then just what is expected both offensively and defensively. And I think right now that's what Eastlake what East is pretty much going through.
0: Another Thursday night matchup that we're gonna be keeping an eye on. Andres at El Dorado. Andres would be a heavy favorite in this ball game, you know, obviously on paper, but you know, it's gonna really come down to the El Dorado offense versus the El Dorado defense. Oh, excuse, me, excuse me, the the, the the El Dorado offense against the Andrus defense.
1: Yeah, and and pretty much. I mean, of course, we saw Andrus last week, and uh, you know, the one thing that that uh, uh, that I noticed from from the Andres defense last week, anyway, uh, you know, they, they kept they actually kept Andrus in the game because Chapin, you know, maybe not being very, real successful offensively, but at least Chapman was keeping them, themselves in the game. And, and I think Andrus was, was uh, the Andrus defense is the one that was stepping up until the offense could get things together.
0: And Chapin kind of sent a blueprint. If you can slow yeah. down, well, I mean, okay, if you can tackle the Andrews run game because that big run by Whenever. Trayvon Ware well, obviously went viral. But I think that's a big key for Andres. You stop the run, you put guys in the box. I mean, Toski's a great quarterback, but it just seems offensively, there's not that chemistry right. yet. It can it can happen. This could be a game or, you know, if Eldorado shuts down the run, Make Andrews throw the ball 20, yes. 30 times. That's not what Andrews wants to do. They had the capability to do it, but we've right. seen that in the first two games. They want to run the ball. They want to win by their defense. They're going to run spread. They're going to they're going to go four wide. They're not going to bring in. A, they're no. not going to bring an H back. But they're going to try to spread and, and run you out. And you know they got three running backs to do it. Offensive line has been the question. I wrote about it since the beginning of the okay. season. This is one of those games that Andrews really can try to figure out more of their offense besides the run game. So looking at our Friday night slate. Battle of winless teams,
1: El Paso and Bel Air. I think this might be one of the better games of the night, Coach. What it it could very well be. I mean, the matchup there. If, if you look at both teams, uh, you know, uh, we talked about Bel Air already. You know, they're. I think they're they're getting things together. Get, yeah, I agree. I, I think they're getting things together, and and uh, you know, they just need that that little extra experience. You know, El Paso High. It, you know, they've always they've always been consistent, and and I think that you know, putting these two. This matchup together, you know, to me it's a toss-up because you really don't know what's going, you know, what's going to happen.
0: El Paso High has a really strong defense, but offensively yeah. they've struggled in games. I really thought maybe against Horizon you put up 20, 30 points, only scored two touchdowns in right. that ball game. So definitely El Paso trying to figure things out there as well. Del Valle at Huddle—that's a tough game for Del Valle. Their defense continues to be the strength, but offensively, I'm going to be real interested to see what tweaks, what they throw in that there's a new installs that Rudy Contreras can help his offense just sort of generate drives it's it's not they're getting the yardage it's about yes finishing these drives. They're right. generating the drives but finishing them and finding kind of just what they did against Central was finding those plays. Those those big plays that they were able to find Gabe Rodriguez in the middle of the field and isolate. They have some speed. It's just about getting them in space and I think you have Coach Rudy that, that will definitely figure this out. Tough week to figure it out but it's a good yeah. competition and a good skeleton in a sense to go against.
1: No, it turned yes, and uh, you know, you look at uh, Del Valle you know, we've seen in the last two weeks and you know, it's, it's what they're trying to establish Mm-hmm. They haven't been successful at it But you can see what they're trying to do yeah, they've, they've, uh, they've gone from Last year, a passing team With, uh, with Montes and, and all those receivers Out there, uh, and, and throwing the ball To more of a ball control Time offense, That that's what Coach Contreras Wants to run, he just hasn't been As you mentioned, as consistent enough To be able to, to sustain drives And to finish drives
0: And that's going to be a key against Huddle. if they can run the football yes. Against Huddle, if they can run it Joe Serrano, I'm interested to see his situation we saw him in the first quarter against Central Union from uh, from the San Diego area, and we didn't see him the rest of the game. Exactly. We saw Juan Ponce yeah. take over, so that's that's going to be really interesting because of game one. He looked like he's the guy that can go for 1,000 yards and be that consistent runner for Del Valle. So That's going to be a really big key to see his health. Obviously, you want to save him from district play. Right. That's the most important at this point. Yep. Eastwood at Horizon. I think the troop finally get their first win, Coach, but... Mm-hmm. If Paulo Melendez has his way, he's going to do what the Austin Panthers did. He's going to run the ball 40, 50 times to try to play keep away from that Eastwood offense. While I think Eastwood wins big, it wouldn't surprise me to see Horizon run the ball well and keep that game close.
1: Uh, it's, it wouldn't surprise me either. And, uh, again, it, it just comes down to the differences in schemes. Obviously, Eastwood, Coach Lopez, they, they want to throw the ball. That's, that's their game is being able to throw the ball. You know, Horizon, like, like you mentioned, like Austin, you know, they want to play a little bit more ball control and control that clock, you know, run the clock a little bit, and control tempo. So it's going to be interesting to see you know which, which side is the side that's going to come out on top.
0: There's a doubleheader Friday night at the SAC, Austin at Socorro. And then the nightcap, Chapin and Pebble Hills. Pebble Hills looking to bounce back in a big way after a big lot after a tough loss last week. Chapin still trying to find their way offensively, like we've talked about. I think Pebble Hills wins uh, wins this one going away. But if Chapin can find a way mm-hmm. to keep it close, it's going to be with their defense and offensively. I think for them, it, it just kind of the it, cliche: run the football. They were trying mm-hmm. to do that last week. Thirty-two. That Williamson, I believe, was his name, or Williamson? Jacobson. You know, when they when they adjusted to him in the second half, they started driving the ball a little bit better coach Hernandez is going to find it Mm -hmm. whether it's this week or next two weeks it wouldn't be it would be real interesting to see if they find it this week and give Pebble Hills all a run for their money it could happen but I think Pebble Hills offense right now is kind of playing on another level as well
1: yeah I I think especially against uh, a Chapin defense that played well last week against Andrews they really did Uh, I'm just Anxious to and interested to find out, you know. Well, how is going? How is going to react? You know. I mean, the, the, they they played lights out this past week against Andres. You know, they they really put their their, their best effort forward. Fell short. So now, how are they going to react to, to playing now a six eighteen?
0: Bowie at Clint. I think this game will tell us a lot about Bowie. We know Bowie has the speed. Uh, week one, they took care of business against Silver. Last week. I thought the game was a little bit closer than the, the score indicated yeah. against Hanks. You know, Clinton is always tough; they always have great athletes. This may yes. be another good, uh, another one of good, uh, Clint's good teams. But Bowie, I think they can really, really kind of set the tone for their season,
1: and we might find out a lot about the Bowie Bears this weekend. Uh, that's true, and not just with their with their uh, offense, with their wing team offense, but also. Uh, Trying to throw the ball, you know they, they they've been throwing the ball a yeah. little bit more this 22 year. Twenty-two passes in the game one. I, I mean, I, go figure on go figure on that. I, I had to refresh the pay, <laughs> the huddle page just to make sure that was right, Coach. I, I don't I, I don't remember the last time that we threw the ball twenty-two times. But you know, I mean, I, that's good. They, they still have their their uh, their experience running their offense, and but now that they, they have, they added a different element and being able to throw the ball. Of course, Clint, uh, they're going to play ball control the whole game. That's that's their game. That's what they do.
0: Two more games that will more than likely be all the home team, Jefferson at Parkland, Irvin at Yasleta. The more interesting game, though, when you look at 6A, and, I mean, it's interesting in the sense that it's just tough for Montwood. At Midland League, Midland League ranked 25th. I mean, Midland League is the best team in District Two Six yeah. Eight. Might even be the the best team in District or in Region 1. Region I'm pretty one. sure some of the Dallas teams will, yes. will beg to differ. Right. But I mean, this Midland League team, they looked apart the as a legitimate regional
1: contender coach. Well, they, they certainly do because not only, you know, they, they've always had the athletes on offense uh, to be able to run the type of offense that they run. But, you know, now uh, in, in watching film, I got a chance to watch a little bit of of, it, uh, of their film, you know their their defense, their defensive line they linebackers I mean they're, they're just they're aggressive they're, they're very much like very similar to Andrus. I mean mm-hmm. to uh, uh, Americas in in that in the sense that they're aggressive up the field yeah you know? and that's that always makes it uh, uh, tough as far as uh, trying to run an offense against them and yeah I think it's gonna be interesting to see how Midland league gets first of all through through the district they're, they're playing some some uh, top quality opponents right now the first two weeks they really did and uh, you know now they're going to go they're, they're going to try some El Paso teams they go Montwood and then uh, Eastwood. Eastwood. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how that turns out. And
0: they got a big time receiver as well. In Montwood, it seemed like they figured it out on offense. They had a great game against against those Fresnos. Fell in the end. The defense mm-hmm. kind of let them down. Last week it's turned into a track meet. Yes. So right now we don't too know too much about the the whole psyche or identity of this Montwood club. But we know there's some athletes. We know their quarterback, yes. Sebastian Del Galvan. We saw him in the spring. Obviously, that's parlaying into a great fall. Aaron Morales, uh, another guy that you have to account for at, at the receiver position. And obviously, Chris Ramos with his Touchdown. five touchdowns and 166 yards. But definitely, mm-hmm. you got to play perfect at yes. Grande Communications against that and League team. That's just a monster. Another out-of-town game for the 6 team. Coronado at Carlsbad. Carlsbad, I know, had a big win last week. Yes. Coronado finally trying to finally get in the win column after losing with Andres. How do you see that one going down?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I saw the film last week with, with El Dorado. Uh, Coronado, you, they made some mistakes. Uh, it, it's not like the Coronado teams, you know, to make these types of mistakes. You know, just, just little little things here and there that are going to add up at the end. You know, they, they got away with the, with the win. They can't afford to make those mistakes at Carl's Carlsbad.
0: Midland host Franklin, 6.30 start over on the west side. Another... Statement game in a sense for Franklin. Franklin made it look easy last year. The game that we saw a lot of points when we went up there uh-huh. against Midland. But Midland has, has a very physical run game. Like they've yes. had the it's it's more about the running back now. It seemed like the past couple years it was about the quarterback, quarterback. read yes. option. Now it's kind of a different beast. They have a big back yes. uh, in there that really did some work last week against Pebble Hills over 200 yards on the ground as a team. That's gonna test that. Franklin's been tested with, with speed and athleticism that they've played in, in the first two games of a, a Permian team that has a little bit more speed than size this year than normal. Right. And then Cleveland, with obviously the size and talent, now you're talking about playing a team like Midland that's going to come in here with power. We're going to wow. see. We're going to see how tough that front seven is. I'm not sure that they've been tested yet. Um, haven't really didn't really see that Cleveland film, but you know nonetheless, a game that David Powers is going to have to have a big game.
1: Yeah, and it, it you're right. It, this is going to be the test for. for franklin and uh, uh david powers and his group on defense you know they've got they've got to be aggressive because they know that uh the midland uh offense is going to be running straight at them there, there will be no fancy uh no fancy footwork they're not gonna throw the ball that much although they do throw the ball a little bit or whenever they need to but you know everything that midland does is based on their ground game
0: America's at Onyata. I'm, I, I, this one is going to be all Americas, but I'm interested to see that halftime score. Can Americas continue to get off to good starts? That's kind of been their their mo the first two weeks. Yes. If it's 35 nothing, 42 nothing at the half that's what I really want to see yeah. out of this America's team in Week 2. Only out there they should just destroy them, and I would love to see another big game, not only from Aaron Dumas, but from that defense to continue to get themselves better. The game we're going to be at, and I'm actually excited for this one, Coach. Gano Theo and Mountain View, I mean, there's going to be a lot of run plays in that game. We could be out of there by 8.30, <laughs> with some right. kind of, which I kind of <laughs> like, but I mean, overall, I mean, Mountain View has been a team that, that's that's hung around in that district, and you know, th- th- these are two physical teams out there. This yeah. should be a very interesting game and the, the winner it, it, very cliche like it's going to be one at the line of scrimmage yeah
1: and it's it's one of these old-fashioned games you know you, it, it's going to pit each offense against each defense, we're going to see who gives first, and uh, you know what the uh, what the end result's going to be. I think the team that can, uh, uh, in some way, execute some type of play action uh, pass during the during the game may be the one with the, with the advantage.
0: And I think for Cono Thiel, just working that not so much their passing game, but finding that play action big play where they can gash right. people. I think right. that may be a key. They haven't really done it too much this year, if I'm mistaken, but it would really be be nice to see them just executing, gain confidence for Caleb Rodriguez, the quarterback. There.
1: Exactly, and you know, I mean, last year at the end of the year, you know, he didn't have a real good game against Austin in the playoffs. Uh, in, in the scrimmage against Franklin, uh, you know, he, you could tell that his level. Of confidence was a little bit higher. Uh, I haven't seen him uh, in the actual games. We'll, we'll see what uh, what turns up on Friday,
0: and that'll be a big key for the Conal Theo Eagles. Fort Stockton at Riverside and Hank's Fabins rounds out the Friday night slate. The games that you can hear on Town Talk Sports El Paso starting Thursday, six thirty p.m. East Lake and Burgess. Me and Coach will be on for the pregame show at six fifteen p.m. Both on the East Lake and Burgess channel. Andres and El Dorado will, will both be on the Andres and El Dorado channel. Ryan Ryan Adams and Christian Molinar will have the call on that one. And then our Friday night action starts at the Old Lady on the Hill, Bel Air and El Paso. We'll also have Austin Socorro. That's a 4 o'clock start. Don't forget they're at the sack. Eastwood at Horizon. Chapin Pebble Hills. Irvin Yesleta. The Carrillo brothers will be doing the Franklin Midland game. Me and Coach again will be at Canotillo Mountain View. And then we'll also have the Hanks Knights and Michael Blanco going for the city record at Fabens, let's talk about that real quick before we wrap yeah, off. Sure. Wrap up, three hundred and ninety-four yards away. We talked with his coaches last week about how talented he is. I mean, this kid—it's—it's—it's it's almost crazy to think. You know, seven ninety-seven coming into the season, he's only got <laughs> half that yardage in just two games. <laughs> two coach. games.
1: Wow. Now that 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 is truly amazing, and uh, you have to give him not only him a lot of credit, but uh, uh, you know his quarterback. And, uh, you know, just a whole offensive line and the scheme that Coach Garcia is uh, is actually trying to run. Uh, you know, uh, all this package put together is what's making uh, Blanco successful.
0: And it will be an interesting season in District 1, 5A, Division 2, a lot of talent, a lot of good teams in that district. Yeah. And it's gonna, another district that's going to come down. To week to week. Well, wrapping up our week two talk and our week three preview here on the Town Talk Sports El Paso Texas High School Football Roundtable. Don't forget, check out the website, Town We got all your previews, rankings, standings, and all the information you need to get ready for week three. And don't forget, Friday night, we have every recap of every game that we're covering also on the website. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TT Sports EP, Facebook.com slash TT Sports EP, and make sure to, to rate. Subscribe and listen to every one of our podcasts. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are playing. So for the coach, Tony Grijalva, I'm Alex Nicolás. Thank you for listening. This has been an edition of the Town Talk Sports El Paso, Texas High School Football Roundtable, brought to you by Speaking Rock Entertainment Center.